welcome to our meeting. Would you join us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Item B, which is a report by our interim superintendent. Thank you, Dr. Denny. Uh, we've got a, a lot of great information to share with the public tonight. First of all, Dan Gurman talked a little bit about the PSAT and National Merit um, Honors Program, and I am happy to announce that we have 17 National Merit finalists in the Shawnee Mission School District this year. At Shawnee Mission East, we have I'm going too fast for you. I apologize. Now we're ready. Uh, so we have 17 students that qualify for National Merit finalists. At Shawnee Mission East, we have Grace Chisholm, um, Ingrid Worth, and Max Conrad. At Shawnee Mission North, Rafaela Kim. At Shawnee Mission Northwest, Cameron Aka. Hope I got that right. Benjamin Basil and Rachel Tao. At Shawnee Mission South, and I will mention, had the largest number this year of National Merit finalists. Andrew Bauer, Madison Birch, Braden Burgard, Benjamin Hansen, Robin McDonald, Adam Nicholas, Joel Quanstrom, Cora Seitzer, and Thomas Stepp. And from Shawnee Mission West, Rachel Silverstein, and Aaron Smith. Uh, very proud of our students, also equally proud of our teachers that touch the lives of these kids that get them prepared to do so well. And uh, hopefully you'll clear your calendars because on November the 6th, we'll host in this building a little reception. It's a tradition that we have where we honor those students that night and also honor their families. So once again, very proud of our students and our staff. Moving on as education involves, uh, part of what we tried to look at is the incorporation of real world skills. And what you see is some pictures of some interviews conducted at Apache um, IES for actual leadership positions in the district. So uh, positions that students applied for and, and interviewed for were morning greeter. Uh, prepare, I'd like to have that job. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Library helper and school news crew, uh, district administrators, the school principal, and members of our HR team conducted those interviews to help with those students with real life skills as low as elementary. In addition to that, um, at the middle school at Hawker Grove, we have started, and we announced this um, at an earlier board meeting, but the jobs uh, for America's graduates, the JAG program also teaches real world skills it's a national nonprofit organization that prepares students for graduation, college, and career. It, the program utilizes host speakers, volunteers that provide opportunities for students, and real-world lessons designed to gain self-understanding of what it takes to be prepared to go into the uh, world of college or uh, for their career. Very simply, school should equal the opportunity for career college. We talk about that as a central theme all the time. Broadmoor Bistro. Um, 
We have hosted two events. September 13 was the soft opening. We had about 100 uh, people from the community came and from the district where the students had an opportunity to practice their skills, only to find a week later on September 20th, we had another 100 plus that showed up for the first open table uh, dinner. So a little bit to each of you out there, if you've not experienced the bistro, please do. Uh, it is a delight to see our students in operation. Students who are in the culinary program receive a thousand hours of restaurant experience in the two-year program. And again, it's on the emphasis on career-ready skills, um, getting students ready to go out into the world of work. On September 11th, and um, we have a video that we'll play, but just so that you know, um, our Blue Eagle Fire Cadets honored the firefighters who lost their lives in the Twin Towers. They walked 343 stairs, that's 16 flights, one for each firefighter lost in the building collapse. This is another annual tradition for firefighters across the country, um, and our students were involved in that. And if we can play a video. All right, let's pack up. Now today, you're going to work. You're going to climb 16 flights straight up. This is the 9-11 stair climb. Uh, it's just to remember all of the firefighters and lives we lost that day. Going into tough places, you know, that's what it means to me to save life. And I really hope to do that one day. Again, helping to teach um, students in the Blue Eagle program to respect the traditions of firefighters and those that have given their lives, I think, are a great testament for our students. And that was not an easy task. As you saw, they walked those steps with all of their gear on. Uh, it's my understanding all the students made it. Uh, like me, there may have been one or two that would have had to stood aside for a minute, but all of them completed. So we're very proud of those students. Kansas Book Festival uh, honored several Shawnee Mission students for their writing talents. The topic was write about a place that's important uh, to Kansas. Uh, we had Sophia Olivero, Trailridge Middle School, that took first place. Colin Taylor, Trailridge Middle School, that took second place. And Harrison Poland, Shawnee Mission South Overland Park High School, that took first place. So we're equally proud of those students. Shawnee Mission West Student Council Board organized a conference for the Kansas State High School Activities Association. It was attended by 700 students from across the state to be able to provide that, plan that in our house, in our building for the rest of the students across the state was no easy task. And again, an opportunity to learn those leadership skills was important. The next slide shows a group of teachers and you heard Dan talk a little bit about of the 198 students that had earned the bilingual seal for 2016-17, 80 of those coming from the Shawnee Mission School District. I'd like to take a little bit of time to honor the teachers that were involved in that process. You see some of them there with their certificates. Uh, they take part in learning languages, uh, culture, building activities, uh, respect and effective communication with people across different cultures. So these are a picture of our student, of our teachers that work diligently uh, throughout the year for our students to be able to receive that award. And once again, I have to thank our teachers for their work. Um, great things happen in the Shawnee Mission School District. For those of you that weren't here, we talked a little bit about ACT scores. Uh, that doesn't happen unless we have great teachers. So I can't thank them enough. 
as we move in and talk about ACT, and Dr. Strike uh, eloquently uh, covered this with the board just very clearly, all five high schools in the Shawnee Mission School District in the composite not only out, outperform the nation, they outperform the state of Kansas. Um, and it's significant with those scores. So, again, a testament of, of the great staff that we have as they work with our students and support uh, performance on the ACT. We've got a, another year to be proud of. And Dr. Stike brought up that we, we uh, in Johnson County, have the highest free and reduced lunch count, but it really doesn't matter because all means all, and we prepare all of our kids. We continue to have a growing number of our students across our buildings take the ACT, and we continue to outperform, again, the state and the nation, and we're very proud of that. <coughs> Five Shawnee Mission nurses were recently published in the National Journal for School Nurses. I missed one, sorry. <laughs> it was only an important one. It's the Kansas Teacher of the Year. <laughs> I was there that night, too. So um, on September 10th, the honorees for Kansas Teacher of the Year, uh, we went to a very nice banquet at the Marriott in mid part of Johnson County. And Travis Wallace, Science Teacher of the Year for Shawnee Mission North, was honored for his excellence. And Patty Ingram, a sixth grade teacher at Rushton, was named as the semifinalist. So very proud of those teachers. Now we'll go on to the nurses. Five Shawnee Mission nurses were recently published in the National Journal for School Nurses. The article is Multidisciplinary Collaboration to Improve Mental and Behavior Health. Uh, the outlines of how our nurses collaborate with counselors, psychologists, resource officers to address mental health in our schools. The Shawnee Mission Education Foundation was instrumental in assisting in grant writing. Monies were received from Johnson & Johnson and the Healthcare Foundation of Greater Kansas City to carry out the initiatives discussed in the article. Their work is outlined in the article, has given Shawnee Mission School District employees across the board ways to address mental health. It makes a positive difference in our students, our staff, and our community. Gary, I'm gonna miss one, this one probably. Scheiser, uh, a fine arts teacher at Shawnee Mission West was named the Kansas Outstanding Secondary Art Teacher for this year by the Kansas Art Education Foundation. Nominated by a retired teacher, recognized his contributions as an art education teacher in our district. His significant contributions to professional organizations will be recognized at the KAEA Awards Banquet on October 20th. Congratulations to Crestview and Santa Fe Elementary <coughs> Schools as we talk about taking care of others. Uh, we talk about the great work that the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation does. We embarked on some programs a couple of years ago where we asked our staff to consider giving to the foundation through payroll deduction. And we started that with board members and administration and we worked that into our buildings. And basically we started off with the mantra of 512. If our 4,000 plus uh, employees in the district gave just $1 a month times 12, we can make a significant difference. Uh, so we looked at 512, can you give $5, can you give $1, can you give $2? So we worked with administrators, they then went into their buildings, and the end result of that is we had two of our elementary schools that 100% of their employees gave to the foundation. 
we really don't care what the amount is. Um, although those numbers grow significantly, Kim Hinkle will be glad to talk to anybody about payroll deductions tonight if, you, if you'd like to know more about the program. But we uh, went this morning, um, uh, Kim, myself, and Anthony Springfield, around to each of the buildings um, and went around to the classrooms, spoke to the teachers, thanked them for giving the spirit of giving. Took them a few cookies, which, which is good because we learn now that you can be on a diet, but you're supposed to get off that diet once in a while. And so we provided the cookies for everybody to be able to do that. Uh, we had a great group of students at, at Santa Fe that basically toured us. They were ready to give us the tour and, and tell us about the building. So again, congratulations to those two elementary schools for 100% of their staff. And we were assured that they would meet that goal again. So uh, we have a nice little sign that's out in front of their buildings. When people walk in, we'll let them know how much the foundation appreciates that in the district. Um, I would be very remiss if I didn't mention the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation Breakfast, uh, October 10th, 7 to 9. It is the primary fundraiser for the district. It'll be at the Overland Park Convention Center again. If you've not reserved a table, please do so or provide a sponsorship if you would like. Um, and uh, the great work that we've talked about from the very beginning tonight, whether it's a Jump Start program or providing assistance to families, um, a lot of that work is done by the Education Foundation very important that we continue to work towards its success. So we'd ask you to consider to be a participant in that breakfast. I hear they've got a great MC for the morning. I'm not <laughs> sure. I guess we'll have to see. Last week, I'm very proud to do the dedication ceremony at Benninghoven Elementary School. We had students that performed and sang. Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts led patriotic portions of the program. The community was celebrated with the investment that took place. Uh, the school is a part of the promise to rebuild one new elementary school in each of the feeder patterns across the district. Uh, it's a great school. Um, and Mary Riley said something that really touched me. She says she wished everybody in the audience could have seen the look on the students' eyes the first day they walked into the building, that it was priceless. And um, I would tell you I happened to be there early that morning, but not when they first walked in. And uh, there was still a pretty nice gaze in their eyes. So uh, once again, uh, thank this community for supporting the opportunity for us to build those facilities, Benninghoven being one of those. We did also the groundbreaking at Brookwood Elementary in the Leewood um, community. Students uh, actually this year have moved into Indian Creek and we have those students operating in Indian Creek until the building will be built. Very nice morning. The weather cooperated. Um, all of the students actually with the, the support of all the staff, of parents, and also the Leewood Police and the Overland Park Police, our students walked, um, which was kind of neat to see a whole school walking up 103rd Street. And I'm sure there were probably some cars that had to stop um, while we were crossing the streets, but that's okay. Kids got there safe and, and got back. Uh, we did have representatives from Jay Dunn. Uh, Mayor Dunn was there from the city of, of Leewood. And uh, I would remind you that this is a part of the renovation program across the district. Briarwood, Crestview, Trailwood. Uh, we're doing Brookwood. Benninghoven just opened. And we have Lenexa Hills that's under construction. So 
If you count Shawano, which opened first, that's seven elementary schools since 2014. Just a little short of amazing. Construction update. Um, Crestview recently uh, received uh, an award from the 2017 Architectural Portfolio by American School and University, which is a national magazine for outstanding design uh, for an elementary school. It cited excellent use of materials, interior palette, and to provide an appealing and supportive environment. And again, I mentioned Brookwood and the Nexa Hills as well are under construction and will be providing updates on a month-to-month -month basis for those programs. The fall athletic season has started. Uh, one of the facilities that we're very proud of is the renovation of South Stadium. Um, as you know, we kept the bones of the old stadium and basically gave it a facelift. You see a very nice picture there of one of our early home football games, which is highlighted also by the video scoreboard that we have that's available um, again for um, student activities as well to be able to we now have to produce the football game so um, the uh, scoreboard uh, we're in the process of funders that are coming forward that are helping us fund that scoreboard and we have several that um, have already come forward to help support us we just don't have the names up there yet so that concludes my report, other than we want to, um, for those of you that haven't been here, um, we have an, a, a new recognition that we started um, a month ago, and it's the All Means All Star Award. And what the award is designed to do is to look at those people across this district, and I can't tell you, um, I try to echo this when we're in the buildings and throughout the community, our staff is what makes this a great school district. But trying to look at um, nomination for those people that really go above and beyond the duties in their jobs. So we have open nominations for this, and we're gonna bring a couple of these to every meeting this year. So um, we have two tonight, one from a, a classified uh, personnel and one that, that is a certified um, again, it really doesn't matter. It's, we're looking for that all-means-all-star. So I would like to introduce Judd Rimmers, who will come forward and I think introduced our first recipient tonight. Good evening. Um, I'm extremely pleased to be here tonight to help recognize Augustine Villegas. Um, he is our building manager here at the Center for Academic Achievement. He's a 19-year employee of the district um, and, and is just a, a great example uh, of an employee who takes pride in, in their work each and every day. Um, he is always ready to assist district staff, students, uh, and community groups however he can. Um, and those of, of us who have had the opportunity to work alongside uh, Augustine, um, can truly speak to his helpful and positive attitude uh, that, that truly uplifts those around him. Uh, so at, at this time, do you want Augie to come down?
Augie, I think we've got a video here for everybody to watch, so I'm sure we'll embarrass you here, but that's <laughs> that was the plan. Nice. So. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're recognizing Augie as an all-means all-star because he is one of those people that really epitomizes what the Shawnee Mission School District's that's always there to lend a helping hand. And when we champion those types of qualities, it's definitely something that needs to be celebrated. They need a mop in the bistro dining room. Okay. Augie's been key for our transition. You know, we're all excited to be here. And he starts our day off with a big smile and uh, the right attitude. All right, man, well, you know where I'll be. Okay. I know where you live. <laughs> Not only is he a great worker, but, I mean, he's probably just the kindest, most energetic, friendly guy out there. You go up these stairs, walk straight down the hall, uh, and then make your first right, and the doors will be on your left side. Awesome. All right? Thank you. All right. Even when he gets pulled in, uh, you know, several different directions during the day, he still maintains a great uh, can-do attitude. So we are extremely lucky to have Augie as our head custodian at the Center for Academic Achievement. Uh, we really appreciate all the hard work that he does on a, a daily basis. Augie, I think your wife is here too. Would you like to have her come up and be introduced? Or We'll get the better half up there. And then if you have a comment or a word or two, feel free. No, just thank you. Thank you for the recognition. It's nice. Uh, very heartfelt. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. I think Mr. Burr. Thank you very much. My name is Mike Brewer. I'm the principal at Broken Arrow Elementary School. It is absolutely my honor to introduce Shauna Hammett as an all means all all-star. She truly is that. Shauna joined the Broken Arrow team when I joined the team in 2014, and I talk a lot about being all in for kids, and that's what it takes to help kids find their voice. That's how we say it, is helping kids find their voice. And the number one thing academically to help kids find their voice is to open that reading door for them. And Shauna does whatever it takes, and I mean whatever it takes. She is all in for children. I'm so proud of her. I'm so thankful for her and the tone she sets for Broken Arrow. Uh, she really has really helped me in so many ways. And, you know, I taught middle school, so I need an expert at the primary level, and I've got one. I've got the best. She was a Kansas Teacher of the Year candidate and finalist, and also uh, she has been in the district for 13 years, and she is a difference maker to the highest level. So, Shauna Hammett, come on up here.
You rock. My teacher is Mrs. Hammett, and I've really wanted her for first grade because she's awesome and she's sweet and she's beautiful. Shawna Hammond is an amazing teacher. She's one of those teachers that's all in. Uh, I talk a lot about being all in for kids, and she definitely is that type of teacher. You're always losing things. I want you to find it for yourself. There was a student that Shauna had in her class one time, and this was a kid who came to us as a non-reader. And Shauna did not give up on this kid. And this kid ended up leaving first grade uh, above grade level. Yeah, her philosophy in the classroom would be uh, whatever it takes. That, that would sum up what she believes about teaching and learning. It's not about the convenience of the adult, it's about what the children need. She deserves it, because she's the best teacher. She lets us color the pictures and she helps us become best readers. The district's lucky to have her because she's about the best teacher I've ever seen in my life. And I don't throw that around lightly. She is the best teacher I've ever talked to. I um, love you and um, I want you to be the best teacher because you always are. I am so proud of you. Thank you for being an awesome teacher and thank you for being a blessing to kids. Thank you, Miss Hammond. I love you. I would just say what an honor this is because an honor for service is the greatest honor a teacher could have because, hey, that's why we're in this for the kids. And just to challenge teachers to look outside of your classroom because the classroom is not the only kids that we can make an impact. Every kid in our building, every kid in Shawnee Mission, every kid in our community, we can be the difference maker for them and all means all. Thank you. follow that very well. Uh, moving back to the agenda, Dr. Southwick, we now have some special presentations. Yes, we do. <coughs> yes, we do. The first presentation tonight is on elementary science resources. And we have Dr. Aaron Smith, along with some of our staff members from across the district that have a presentation tonight on uh, elementary science uh, review of resources and some recommendations. So. Good evening, members of the board, Dr. Denny, Dr. Southwick. Thank you for taking the time to hear some updates from the elementary science curriculum team. The team is comprised across all feeder patterns and all grade levels, so we have representation of all of our different uh, student populations throughout the district on the science curriculum team. And during the 2016-2017 school year, the team really focused its efforts on researching and evaluating different instructional materials that could enhance and support our science curriculum and Shawnee mission. So we began uh, a really exhaustive search of some of the instructional materials that are available uh, currently that are aligned to Kansas State standards. And there were three standout products that we felt would really be a great match and a good fit for students in Shawnee Mission. And those products were Mystery Science, National Geographic, and Discovery Education. 
To evaluate these materials, we utilized a comprehensive tool recommended by the Kansas State Department of Education called the Achieve Equip Rubric. So this rubric really gives us a really nice in-depth look at an instructional material from its coherence, its activities, uh, how well they align to your state standards. So we use this instrument to conduct a review of these three resources and our science curriculum team also trialed these resources in their classrooms. So in working with vendors, learning about the products and trialing in the classrooms, we found that there were really um, two products that we thought were a great fit. So we ended up um, really thinking that National Geographic would be appropriate for our students in grades K through two, and Discovery Education would be a wonderful fit for our students in grades three through six. So this evening, we're asking the board to consider purchasing these two instructional materials for our students. And I'm joined this evening by several teachers from the science team to give you uh, some ideas about what they really felt were um, the standouts as to why these would be good fits for our students and our teachers, um, why we feel like these products would be appropriate for our students and align well with our curriculum. So I'm joined tonight by Lindsay Constance, who is an instructional coach at Blender and Prairie, and Laura Holland, who is a kindergarten teacher at John Deemer Elementary. And they're going to share just a little bit with you about uh, National Geographic, what really stood out to us, and, and why we feel like this is a great particular um, instructional material for grades K-2. So Laura and Lindsay. Good evening. We trialed this resource last year, um, and these were some of the top reasons that we really enjoyed using National Geographic for our primary students. One of the things that we found um, this resource was visually appealing in its images and content. My students were excited every single time it was science. They couldn't wait for me to pop it up on the screen. Um, it was really amazing for them. It also gave real-life tie-ins with the Meet the Scientist at the end of the lesson. Kind of gives them a sneak peek into different science careers. Um, the other thing that was one of the most important things for me was that it aligned to the NGSS science standards. We wanted to make sure that we had a product that was all-encompassing and that um, teachers wouldn't have to necessarily go outside the box for. They could use it just as it is. Um, our current resource that we're using is um, a Harcourt resource. Uh, it does not currently align with NGSS, and as a result, we're having to go outside the box more and more to try to get things to align for that. Um, another thing that we appreciated was that it used the inquiry model, um, which encompasses um, engaging, exploring, explaining, elaborating, and evaluating, so students get to look at the entire uh, scientific process instead of just a certain um, aspect. All right, a few other things that we really liked about this particular resource. Uh, we felt that the lessons had a good balance of some technology um, component with interactive graphics. You could click and look at slideshows of you know, great images. Um, there was a read aloud component, which is really helpful for the primary grades, especially in science. Um, some photo galleries and videos. So we, we liked that technology. It was also a fairly rigorous content, but we felt that the 
um, the hands-on portion that was throughout all of the lessons really helped make that rigorous content um, something that the kids could understand because you know they would read, they would see some visuals, um, they would watch a short video, and then they'd be able to interact in a hands-on way. Um, we also liked the level of informational text, which is something that you know sometimes our students struggle with, so we really appreciated that with this resource. Um, the other thing that we liked is there were ELA um, English language arts connections throughout with various notebooking opportunities, different writing um, opportunities, and you know we liked that you know sometimes it can be difficult to work in all of the standards at the elementary level with so much content to cover, but you know by having those throughout, you know we felt like we could you know teach our science and our English language arts at the same time. Um, also, a lot of our schools, you know, with having English language learners, um, you know, that can sometimes be a challenge, knowing what we can do to make sure we're reaching all of those students. Um, and there are strategies right there in the lesson, which, you know, as an elementary teacher, that's so helpful to just have it right in your, right in your lesson plan so you know what to do without having to go to an additional resource to figure out how to reach those students. Um, you know, and lastly, and I think this is very important, differentiation. Throughout there are um, ways to extend and then ways to remediate um, and help meet the needs of all of our students. That's been one of the big focuses in professional learning communities this year is how do we differentiate. So I really appreciated that that was kind of woven throughout those lessons as well. So you know, overall with the teachers and the coaches that tried this out, we really felt that it was a quality resource, one that is going to help our students develop those 21st century skills and also you know, help them to really love science, which I think is the number one most important thing. So any questions? So we'd also like to invite up Kelly Atkinson. Um, she is a third grade teacher at Santa Fe Trail and April Kramer, who is a fifth grade teacher at Tomahawk Elementary. And they'll share just a little bit about discovery education and why we felt like that was such a great fit for our intermediate grades three through six. Good evening. Um, we piloted the discovery education and thought it was the best fit for the third through sixth graders for these following reasons. Um, it aligns with the standards very well. Previously, we didn't have a common resource that aligned to all of the standards for the Kansas Science Standards, and we were fishing for different places, and not, it was not consistent throughout the district because every teacher was kind of doing their own thing. It's also very rigorous and relevant and has many opportunities for writing scientific explanations and applying skills learned through the ELA program, so they got to write a lot and support their claims using text evidence. Some of the other things that we really appreciated about it was um, that just like the National Geographic, the units were based on inquiry skills and the five E's, and so it was very engaging for them, and then it would take them much farther and uh, in questioning and exploring, and then they would have to explain and um, examine. Uh, they also have this great section in each unit for STEM activities. So it, you know, teachers are, I think in our district are great about finding those opportunities, but it is provided right there in each of the units for them. It also is kind of a starting place, but it, it introduces them to, um, there's a section called STEM in Action. So it shows the students opportunities to use STEM in real world situations. So they get to, to kind of research um, careers like my third graders who are fascinated by bugs and animals um, they would get to kind of research um, jobs at a zoo and zoologists and 
even research technology that um, zoos use to keep climates controlled. And um, so that just went along with, with the things that we were learning with our standards. And so it just gave them, they were very fascinated and interested in that. So it gives some great ideas for teachers to start and then continue with those STEM activities. And finally, it goes along so well with our digital initiative. And each child will have their own digital textbook on their iPad. So they will be able to read and interact with it. They, my kids love to watch the videos. They have millions, hundreds of videos. And they're like, can we watch that one? Can we watch that one? They just want to keep learning and keep going. Um, it allows, the videos allow them to visit places and see things that they might not be able to see in the classroom or in our community. And they are eating up. They're loving it. So thank you for your time. So we feel that these resources, coupled with the outstanding instruction that our teachers provide day to day, will really make for a wonderful science education and Shawnee mission in our elementary schools. So we are recommending tonight that the board consider uh, purchasing National Geographic for grades K-2 and Discovery Education for grades 3-6. And at this time, uh, we would welcome, the teachers and I would welcome any questions that the board might have for us. Any questions? Does this uh, program and software, it sounds like a lot of it's software, permit the development of your own videos and other personalization to insert into it? So as you've worked with the content from year to year, you have the ability to insert your own video content or uh, other, I guess, digital content? Absolutely. So these resources provide um, some wonderful tools for instruction, but a teacher can certainly personalize and customize according to uh, the interests of their class, things that they've learned over the years. So it's a wonderful resource, but it doesn't take away from the teacher to be able to kind of add that art into teaching. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Southwick, you're up again. Yes, and, and before we move on, Dr. Smith and staff, thank you for taking the time to review. Uh, this takes a lot of hours and a lot of work. We recognize that. We know your team was larger, and some of those may be at, um, out at a conference right now, or we might have had more staff members that would have been here tonight, but we do thank you for your work. Move on to a presentation on the Aquatic Center. I just would remind the board that uh, when... The program for construction went to the voters in early 15. Part of that was to construct an aquatic center that would serve the entire district. And through that process, I want to go back to a little bit of the vision was to give us an opportunity to not only take care of our uh, boys and girls swim team, um, but also another curricular e uh, needs across the district, but also a real focus on having a space that would allow us to teach all elementary kids that, and give them the chance to learn to swim. Um, as, as it was reviewed and put forward uh, to look to build this facility, we know that the second um, greatest killer of young people is the fact that they drown. They don't know how to swim. And we don't want that to happen in Shawnee Mission School District. So. We've been pretty busy building elementary schools and changing HVAC systems out across the district and, and redoing parking lots and turf fields and a lot of things. But we in the background also have been working on what it would take for us to deliver 
the promise to our community to build the aquatic center. And it's been a long process. We have several people that are here tonight, and I want to mention uh, and give them a, a chance to, to speak a little bit about this partnership. But I think this has been an example of a true partnership across our community to, to bring this thing to fruition. Um, I will tell you, we've worked a lot of hours, guys, and yeah, I think everybody can attest to that, to not only ensure that we have a facility that delivers the program that we need for our curricular and extracurricular, um, but also um, be able to provide an opportunity to enrich our overall community in the Shawnee Mission School District. Oh, and there's that little thing about the budget. Um, so it's taken several months uh, of design and estimate for us to bring this thing to you tonight. So the first part of this is we've tried to, with curriculum and other things over the last several months, provide a little bit of a presentation, and then later on down the line we'll ask you to take action to fund it, so in the interest of, of delivering. So I think uh, we've got uh, Dwayne Cash is here tonight from ACI, who's been the project manager who's worked uh, diligently with our entire team to get us to where we are. Uh, he's got a short presentation, and we're going to give an opportunity for all of the team members. We've got uh, representation. Paul Snyder's here from Johnson County Parks and Rec. Eric Wade is here from the city of Lenexa. We've got Eric Floyd and Jeremy Baum from J.E. Dunn. We've got Michael Couts and Dwayne uh, Cash that are here from ACI. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Mr. Robinson, um, who, he, when we have to pencil whip something to make sure that we get it in a cost that we can afford, he's the one that keeps us on task. So again, we're going to look at the presentation, but gives those people an opportunity to speak a little bit to the board about their parts in this. So Dwayne. Thank you. Um, welcome. Uh, glad to be here tonight. Uh, it's uh, an honor to present to you, the board, and it's an honor to present in this building, I might say, as well. Um, it has been a long journey, as Kenny has mentioned. Uh, I have Jeremy Baum here with me, uh, who can help with the construction uh, aspects of the process as we went through this. But I want to just kind of go through this real quickly with you, uh, give you an idea of, of the building that we've uh, uh, struggled with here for uh, a good, good number of months, uh, but I think something that we're proud of and something that we hope that you'll be very proud of too as, uh, as we move forward uh, through this process. Um, just so everybody knows, I'm sure that you do, but uh, where the building is located, uh, the building is located on uh, 87th Street in Lenexa, uh, just uh, west of Renner Road in the Lenexa City Center uh, development uh, directly across the street uh, from the new Lenexa Rec Center uh, here and the Lenexa City Hall here. Uh, the Aquatic Center will face uh, the mall or plaza space between those two buildings. I think a lot of you have been uh, to that new space and how great that is. Uh, and we've really, from the day one, tried to focus that building uh, towards that um, plaza space. Uh, because we think it really does kind of set the building off and sets up a kind of a, a that reinforces that partnership uh, that we've been talking with Lenex about for such such a long time. Uh, so the aquatic center is this portion of the building. Uh, this por portion here to the west is the parking garage. 
Uh, as you can tell, we've taken up the whole site. <laughs> There's not much left. We do have a little bit of space. Uh, as, uh, just to mention, I know Eric will talk about it, the partnership, but uh, working with the City of Lenexa has been, has been uh, extremely rewarding. Um, they have worked with us on, on how we can meet their uh, vision for the neighborhood, but also meet the vision and the program for the district. And that's been uh, a really a nice process. Um, this shows that site just a little bit closer. Um, and you can see that we do have a lot of street amenities uh, around the building. We've got uh, places to sit and, and benches. Uh, we've got um, brickwork on the, the streets. It all fits in with the city center design guidelines. Uh, the sense of human scale uh, to the building is very important. It's a big building. An aquatic center is a big building. But we've really kind of tried to make that building feel like you're connected to it. And you'll see how we've done that as, as we kind of look at the building a little closer. Uh, we do have a little pocket park here on the uh, northeast corner, which actually acts as a rain garden. We take some of the water off the building uh, that we collect, and we'll treat that here in this rain garden before we uh, send it on down the, the, the path of the stream. We have another one here on the northwest corner. Uh, this one is just a green space. It's a little bit of a buffer from the parking garage in that, that neighborhood. This is 87th Street heading west here. This is 87th Street heading east. Oh, got to watch my fingers. 87th Street east heading this direction. Uh, this is Elmridge here, and this is Winchester there. Uh, we are looking north on this line. I'm going to confuse you now because I'm going to. Now we're looking uh, north here to the to the left of the slide. We've rotated the building. The building wouldn't fit on the slide the other direction. Uh, the building is a one-story building with a mezzanine. Uh, you enter here, and that is that southeast corner right across from the plaza of Lenexa City Center. Um, as you walk in, there is a reception desk here, and we'll look at that a little bit more detail as we move forward. A lobby space. Now, this lobby space is a glass on both sides, so we have that connection from outdoors to indoors. But it also acts as a little bit of a buffer for the sunlight and how that sun is entering the building. So we get the benefits of natural light, but we don't get the glare uh, that we you would associate with that having that southern exposure of glass. Along this side of the building is the locker rooms, coaches' room, classroom, timing rooms, public bathrooms, concession stands, all of the things that it takes to run a, a concession stand building, as well as mechanical space. We have some mechanical space here. But the big part of the mechanical space is here, and that is the pool equipment room that supplies the needed resources to run the two pools. We do have two bodies of water. We have a 50-meter uh, competition pool here uh, with two bulkheads. Uh, that gives us the opportunity to configure this pool in many different ways. We can run it as two short courses. Sorry. Uh, we can run it as one long 50-meter pool. Uh, during practices, the bulkheads can be pushed to each end, and they can run 23 short course lanes this direction. That's a lot of kids in the water all practicing because they can put multiple kids in each lane. Uh, so they really can use that um, uh, very efficiently. It can be set up for water polo, basketball, uh, learn to swim programs, lots of different programs that this pool will allow. And this end is the diving well. So we, we're about 16 feet deep uh, diving well with a 3-meter board and a 1-meter board. 
in, in this end. This end of the pool right here supports the dry land training area. Uh, the swimmers do a lot of work outside of the pool and they needed a nice flat space to do that and that's what this space here uh, allows for. This pool here is a 25 yard pool. Uh, it's four lanes wide and it is an instructional pool. This is a shallower pool. Uh, this is probably something that JCPRD can talk about a little bit more of what they would use this for. But again, it can be used up for warm up, cool down. Uh, it can also be used for uh, learn to swim um, and different water aerobics, uh, different uh, activities like that. It's a very flexible pool. The, this end of it has a movable bottom, so it can go from zero depth to seven feet deep. So if it depends what your program is and that end of the pool, you can tailor it to that program. Uh, and that's just this end, this end third has that feature. Um, upstairs, the mezzanine is the seating area. Uh, we have seating for about 1,000 uh, people in seats here. But we have the opportunity for seating in the mezzanine uh, area here that overlooks the pool. This part is in the uh, condition space. So if you have uh, breathing issues or you just don't like that warm, humid environment of a pool, uh, you can still be in that uh, nicer condition space and still not be connected or still be connected to the pool and the swimmers. And we thought that was really important because uh, not everybody is, um, is, is built for a, a pool environment for a long time. And if you've ever been to a, a, a pool meet, they do go on for a while. Um, and we have uh, bathrooms up here as well and uh, an elevator. This is what the building uh, will look like from that southeast corner if I was standing in the middle of the intersection, which I'm sure is not a good idea. But this is looking uh, at... Uh, 87th Street West or eastbound. I'm standing in the lanes of eastbound 87th Street. Elmridge is here to my right, and that is the front door into the building. As you can start to see, you can start to see this the hint of the glue lambs uh, that is the roof structure of this building. Wood glue lambs are an excellent uh, structural item for a pool environment. Uh, they do really well in a pool environment, and that was something we took into a lot of consideration. Um, the rest of the building is built out of precast concrete, insulated precast concrete, which is a great insulator. It's a great product for uh, going up and very, very durable. We've spent a lot of effort and time making sure that we had a building that could uh, not only uh, afford, but something that you could maintain. Uh, pools are a very caustic environment. They, they want to corrode things very quickly. So we've taken a lot of time and effort to make sure that we've made the right choices in that arena. Uh, this is the parking garage. This is looking 87th East uh, along, um, right to my right would be the rec center, uh, Lenexa rec center and the parking garage. And we worked closely with the city of Lenexa to make sure that the parking garage uh, blended into the neighborhood and blended into the building but didn't become too much of a, a focal point. Uh, we still think the aquatic center is the, is the focal point here. Uh, this is what you would see if you were heading west on 87th Street. Uh, again, we have north facing glass on this side. Uh, the glue lambs are projecting out again. We have a little bit different environment, a little bit different um, uh, pedestrian uh, scale here. Uh, the building is actually, uh, the slope trains down about seven feet. Uh, so you see the pedestrians walking there. They won't actually get a view into the pool, uh, but the passer buyers and cars will have some glimpse of what's going on in there. Uh, this view, they do. 
you know, as people walk in front of this building, they will have that real connection to what the activities are going in on inside the aquatic center. And hopefully that will uh, interest them to become involved and uh, get involved in some of the different swim programs that can be available there. I'm going to let um, Jeremy talk a little bit about uh, the process of um, once we got the drawings done and, and sent to um, out to bid, and, and Jeremy took over from there. Dwayne, if I could share just a minute as before we get to the construction piece of it, some of the timelines that we went through to deliver the building. If you remember back in December, I think 15th of 2015, the board entered into an MOU agreement uh, for this piece of property with the city of Lenexa. That piece of property was valued at about a million dollars. So that was that was not necessarily a gift, but was a part of a partnership and relationship with the city of Lenexa. As we started to, to look at the process, we not only hired ACI Bolin, but we brought Councilman Hunsaker, which is the number one aquatics consultant in the country. I think they had, uh, they most recently had built uh, University of Missouri, but also the swimming facility in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, I think that was used in the Olympics several years ago. So. We went out and we hired those people that understand aquatics to bring it forward. Um, as we began to look at the design team, of course, we brought J.E. Dunn on board early on in a construction manager um, agency process. We reached out to um, our athletic directors and all of our swim coaches, um, boys and girls swim team, and said, if you can dream and dream big, what would you ask us to have in this facility? So they created a list, and I remember about 15 things um, that they had asked us if we're going to have a high-quality facility, it should be there. Um, so those came back, and uh, we then entered into the process with the design team to deliver those. Uh, Jeremy's going to talk about that process a little bit, but I want to circle back to after um, we got to... Um, schematic design and into design development, we went back to Indian Creek and sat down with all of those coaches and athletic directors for about a two and a half hour session. They stayed, we stayed as long as they wanted to and they wanted to stay a long time and talked to them about how we delivered what uh, was not only the architect's vision and what would be a good pool, but how we incorporated in those things that they said would be important. So I only share that because it's a, uh, We've got partners here tonight, but there are a lot of people that provided input uh, on what it was that we wanted to deliver that aren't here tonight. Um, last piece of that is we did have parents along the way that called us and wanted to know if we were going to have a good HVAC system or two bulkheads or if we were 50 meter, um, where the location was and why it was going to be there, and we always responded back to them. So. Again, that's just a little piece that I wanted to make sure that the board and, and the community had an understanding of, of this process as we move forward again to get to where we're tonight. So, well, thanks. Um, you know, on behalf of Jay Dunn and the Dunn family, we're honored to be here. Um, excited to be part of this team. Excited to be part of this amazing project. It feels like a long time coming. But um, we worked hand in hand with uh, <coughs> Dwayne and his staff. Uh, for many months, you know, from the, from the schematic design phase to really bring the best value to the project um, and maximize those dollars that are going into the facility while keeping it on budget. So um, end of August, the design was done. Um, we sent it out to bid. 
Um, I feel like Dwayne and I, for the last four weeks, have been nothing but answering emails and phone calls, hundreds and really thousands of uh, phone calls um, related to this project. There's been a lot of uh, great um, support from the from the trade contractor community. Um, we sent the project out to bid at the end of August. Uh, I was on the street for three and a half weeks, four weeks. Uh, we took bids on September 19th. Uh, we had 117 uh, bids for 28 bid packages. That resulted in about four bids per bid scope, which we're really happy with. Um, and ended up resulting with a project that was on budget and that we can stand here and look forward to the groundbreaking for. We have a, one last, last little thing. I'm going to let Jim, he's my Drew Lane, uh, run this for me. Um, we have this, uh, we have an ability now to take this model as we build these drawings uh, to make an actual model of the building. And we're leveraging that technology now to where we can actually visualize the building. I'm going to have Jim, Jim kind of just spin around the building a little bit to get, give you an idea of the massing. The colors aren't accurate uh, on this model. This model is just a massing model. Uh, but it does give a sense of the scale and, and the features of the space. And that's what that uh, rain garden feature we were talking about. And this is the north side of the building. And you can see that transparency, that connection to the community uh, into the pool. As we move along here to the uh, moving west, uh, past the parking garage, and that extra little piece of uh, uh, grass uh, area, that, that amenity uh, on that side of the building. This is the entrance into the parking garage off of Winchester. Uh, the parking garage is open um, all the time. It's about 200 spaces, a little less than 200 spaces. Uh, again, we worked with the train to make sure the building, the parking garage fit into the train. Uh, so it, um, it, it actually we worked with it instead of trying to work against it. Uh, this is the parking garage entrance here uh, on the south side now, uh, but this is also going to be an auxiliary entrance into the aquatic center from this uh, location here for very big meets. But, but can we in and out of the parking garages all off of Winchester? It is correct. Yep. Um, here we are on the south side now, and this is where you get that human sense of uh, the transparency as cars drive by. They'll be able to get that sense of the building, what the activity that's going on in there, and uh, hopefully uh, engage them in that, that, uh, those activities. I'm going to have uh, Jim go into the building. Here on my right is the uh, reception desk. As uh, people walk in, they're greeted right away. Work with the JCPRD to make sure that the, they had what they needed there. There's a video screen behind it to let people know schedules. Uh, and again, the lobby space is very much connected to the pool. You don't feel like you're isolated from the pool. Uh, you're, you're part of it, but you're in a conditioned space here. Uh, the buttresses that support the glue lambs, uh, the glue lamb structure are here as well, and that, that's part of that space. Uh, we really feel like you know that that uh, tectonic structure of the building wants to uh, come all the way down to the human scale, up the grand staircase uh, to the upper mezzanine. Um, I think this is going to be a really popular space. Uh, it, you know, it's it's really a great view uh, back towards Lenexa City Center to my right and to my left to the pool. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it really feels like you're connected to that environment with actually being in the environment. Jim, go ahead and go around to the bleachers. As we go past the bathrooms here on my left, 
Uh, and then out these doors would be the uh, elevator lobby for the parking garage, uh, up the stairs uh, to the top of the seating bleacher area. Um, some of these benches are the upper parts of the seating are benches and lower uh, are uh, seat back chairs. Uh, the reason we didn't do seat back chairs everywhere is because kids need a place to crash between their meets. Uh, so we provide a lot of benches so they can hang out with their family and, and a place to crash that uh, is, a, is a big thing we heard from the swimmers. Um, they've got a great view of the pool. And beyond this pool, you can see into the instructional pool uh, across the way. Uh, you see the, the glue lamb structure and the, the space that uh, they create. Um, it really does a, a nice job of spanning this space. And, and it adds a sense of warmth to the building as well. Go ahead and hop down on the deck. I'm just going to jump off. Um, the timing room there to my right. We don't want any students to do. No, that. we do not. We, we, have, we have we have we have precautions for that. Uh, that is the timing room. One of the two timing rooms here. Uh, that we have two timing rooms because we can uh, split it up as a, a short course or a long course. Um, the pool deck is is pretty generous uh, with as many kids as we hope are. Uh, Participating, we want to make sure we had enough pool deck uh, for safety as well as comfort. Um, down at the end there, you can see the diving boards um, and the dry land training space. Uh, underneath to the to the left are the those amenities: locker rooms, the coaches' uh, room. There's a wet classroom here. That's the coaches' room there. Uh, to my right is the wet classroom, uh, so that uh, they can have that teaching environment as well as in the pool. Uh, we have on-deck uh, showers and uh, uh, down the way here so that and they're, they're not exposed. Uh, they can kind of tuck underneath here and take a shower off the deck uh, between uh, their, their heats. Uh, access directly in the locker rooms uh, there. And um, that's pretty much the building. Any questions or anything you'd like to see before I let... Scoreboard anywhere? I mean, is there going to be yeah, uh, we don't have it in this model, but there's two uh, lane scoreboards, uh, one at each end uh, for heat. Uh, we do have a, a space here in the middle, uh, right uh, right across from the pool uh, for a video board that is not part of the project. That would be similar to what we're doing at the uh, South Stadium. Uh, that were something, the opportunity to be paid for by advertisers, but it's it's set up for it. Thank you. Dwayne, thank you. Mm -hmm. Jim, thank you, Jeremy. Um, Eric, Wade, Monexa. And I have to say, Eric has been a, been a tremendous support, as Dwayne said, for us as we move forward. Um, not only as we move forward on the MOU, but then we brought to the board in March of last year a conveyance agreement where. Um, how the property could actually transfer to the Shawnee Mission School District with assurances with the city of Lenexa that we were actually going to build it before they gave it to us. Um, so later tonight, you'll see that addendum to our conveyance agreement that talks not only about the, the handing the property over to us, but also the value added of, of kind of a brainstorm of, of both the city and the school district to provide public parking. So. Uh, and Eric's been at the table with us the entire time to make sure that we can do this. So, Eric, for you and your city council and support of your staff in the design process, I can't thank you enough.
Well, th thank you for allowing me a few minutes. It's kind of tough after that beautiful presentation to stand here, and I'm standing here only because the mayor is out of town tonight. Uh, he'd be far more eloquent than I can be. I just wanted to share with you a couple things. First of all, we really appreciate the Shawnee Mission School District, not just with you locating this facility here and the, and the beautiful new grade school that you're building just to the west of here, but the fact that you're in our community. And when we thought about working with you on this, it's a sense of community that instilled in us the importance of being your partner on this because we say, serve the same people. And we think that gr creates a greater value for the people that we both serve. So thank you for being our partners on this. Uh, I think uh, I want to thank Dr. Southwick and Bob Robinson. They've been really good on a staff level working together. We have a really great location, and I hope that you've all been out there, but if you haven't, please come out. We just had a weekend-long party and had thousands of people on the commons area uh, celebrating a great public place, and your presence there will help make this even a greater public place. Uh, we look at this as being a, a, a great fit. Uh, as you know, we're developing sort of a brand new 21st century downtown, part of having a great place and a place where people will come is having good components there that bring people there. And when you host events, you're going to bring a lot of people there, and it's going to be a wonderful place for them to be as well. There's hotels there, there's restaurants there, a brand new public market is there. And I think its location is a good one, especially if you're hosting regional or state events, given that the highway is right there, easy to get to. I was, uh, my daughter, who's now in college, was a swimmer at West, and she went to state meets, and I sat in those bleachers a long time, and I appreciate that you're having some conditioned air in this facility. And I think, as a parent, I would have appreciated at the meets that I went to a place that I could get out of that center and go and do something for the hour or two between each meet. You know, the kids are in the water for about a minute, and then they're back out, and then they're waiting a while. So we think this is going to be a great place for you to, to do the things that you're doing, and we want to look forward to a great partnership through the construction and everything else the district does in Lenexa. So thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Eric, I would be remiss if I didn't tell the board a little bit. Um, as we looked at the facility itself and uh, throwing down a little bit of asphalt and that being our parking and trying to fence that off, we, we kind of came up with the brainchild. Well, what if we were to build a parking garage that would not only serve the needs for when we have big meets, but also serve the needs for the area. So what we basically have as a result of, of the agreement is a two-story parking garage and I think a five-story parking garage that we know that can serve the needs of our needs and also the needs of, of Lenexa. Um, I mentioned the million dollars plus that the property value was, but also as we came up with the value added, um, Eric said that they would they would go into a partnership with us. We own the parking garage, but they would pay for half of it, up to $2 million. So $2 million from us, $2 million from them, $4 million. 
When we took the bids, um, the design came in a little bit higher than that. And we went to Eric and said, I think we're at about 4424000 And he said, I'll go to my council and we'll be in. So they've been true partners. In addition with this agreement, we will work uh, together to pay for the cost to maintain it and, and to supervise it. So again, without having a great community partner, that's an amenity that would not sit there to serve the school district. So again, can't thank you enough and I'll be at your place if I get the date. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll try to uh, get that before the council in the next month or so. I have, my council uh, has not seen the amendment, but we're, uh, we have an agreement already for the two million and we, uh, we're committed to being your partner for 50%. And I think we're ready. Uh, we just have to have the council approve it, so. Thank you. Thank you. One last partner, um, and you all approved uh, an agreement with Johnson County Parks and Rec. I would remind you that we went through a vetting process where we took application and reviewed uh, who was going to run the pool. Um, we felt very comfortable with building it and using it, but not so comfortable with running it on a day-to-day -day basis. So through that vetting process, you all have approved Johnson County Parks and Rec to be the managers of our pool. And they have been at the table with us since the very beginning of the design work to make sure that we create a facility that would, takes care of us, but also would, would serve the community well for them to operate. So we've got Paul Snyder here tonight, and Jill and all of her staff, I think, are at a conference, someplace exotic, I'm sure. Th that's um, correct. Uh, <laughs> good evening. Paul Snyder, I'm the chair of the uh, Johnson County Parks and Rec District Board. Uh, Jill Geller, our executive director, and Rhonda Pollard, who's been a, a integral part of this process and our other leadership team is are in New Orleans for the National Parks and Rec Association conference uh, they, they go every year but this year is especially important we are nominated for the gold medal uh, award the top parks district in the country and so we're, we're hopeful that tomorrow we we will come back with uh, that gold medal victory so they the, send their regards and so I'm, I'm here basically just to uh, express our appreciation uh, to be your partner. We, of course, have a long history with the district, uh, primarily built around our, our out-of-school programs, but uh, this is just a tremendous opportunity. When we did our last visioning process, or our, our, not our most recent, but the one before that, uh, MAP 2020 uh, for the Parks District, it called for a community natatorium that, that the district could invest in, and while we were never able to uh, get the funding to move forward with it, this is certainly the next best thing. And the next is with the city of Lenexa, and right there, uh, right by Shine Mission Park, is just a really a tremendous opportunity. Uh, as you all recall from the uh, the vetting process, we have managed the Roland Park Aquatic Center for a number of years, uh, have deep experience in, in how these programs work, and it really gives us an opportunity not only to to manage the facility itself, but integrate different programming for the community. It's really a win-win for everyone. So we're just really pleased uh, to be able to be your partner and to do that. And no one else has mentioned up here, I'm not sure if it's part of the, the open forum, I'm a Cheyenne Mission South grad, so I always, always like to mention that, that I'm a, a product of the school district. So with that, I'll, I'll take any questions if you have any, but Dr. Southwood kind of laid it out nicely. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you taking Thank you. your time. Yep. I, I do have a qu question. I think this might be the design team. And also for the city, so a lot of conversation has gone into this project, and it looks beautiful. Um, just a couple curiosity questions, really. Number one is, um, how many teams 
What's the capacity for a meet, meaning how many teams can be using the facility at one time? Well, I think that's really up to Johnson County Parks and Rec. Um, but we've, we've always envisioned about 500 uh, participants. Okay. Uh, so that's a lot of, that's a lot of teams. Um, I, I don't know how they would break that up size-wise, uh, team-wise, but it, it, 500's always have been that target number. Great. Thanks. And then the other would be all the wonderful amenities across the street at the new city center. Um, I remember early on there might have been a conversation about a skywalk or some other ways to get there. Is there going to be a special pedestrian zone? I'm, I'm picturing kiddos and families running back and forth across that street, and I just want to make sure that we've thought about it, that. Yeah, it, it will be a pedestrian zone. One of the things that the city did in its design of 87th is to split it into really two streets so that instead of it being a major thoroughfare with eight to, to ten lanes across, we have only three or four lanes to cross with on-street parking and a much slower speed limit. The speed limit through there is 30 miles an hour. The light, the crossing will be signalized. There will be pedestrian signals on it, and it, it will function quite well. And I think the driving public is getting the hang of 30 miles an hour through there, which is a safe speed for people crossing streets and on-street parking and everything else. Okay. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. The Skywalk, we might mention, was coming in at the tune of about a million and a half to a million seven, and we just really believe budget-wise we'd rather put that money in the building. So we all kind of agreed early on in the design team to not build a Skywalk, um, although they had a placeholder for us. We thought we could spend and develop those spaces within the, our facility to do that. Um, we are also getting into, as we talked to Mr. Douglas and we tried to look at routes, we were going to get into some real security things that we really did not want to get involved in. So we can control the entrances now much better, and that money's in the building. So. We did redesign our building, so if there's a donor out there that wants to pay for the Skywalk sometime, <laughs> uh, our building is ready for that to come on. Our, ours is not. <laughs> <laughs> but anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the groundbreaking date we're working on right now. I talked to uh, Shauna about that, who helps coordinate that, and also the people from J.E. Dunn. It will happen in the month of October. We'll probably be in that second or third Thanks, week. Guys. We're looking for a date, and we'll get that information out to you as soon as we can. I, I just have to say, uh, as, a, as a long time ago swimmer, this is an extraordinary building. And I used to swim in YMCAs where the pools were in the basement. If you think you have humidity problems above ground, you just can't imagine what it was like back in those days. But uh, it's really going to be an extraordinary facility, and I really thank everybody who's on the team for all the work they've done. Awesome. Dr. Southwick, you're up again. Up again. So um, tonight we have us. The flavor of the meeting as we get into action really supports a lot of work that the administration has done with the staff uh, to bring to you tonight compensation adjustments and a big part of that is is benefits a uh, week ago we sat down with the district benefits committee and outlined again once again all the benefits that you all provide our employees 
um, of the district. And so I've asked Jim Bigliotero from CBiz to be here tonight, and he's going to go over a little bit of, of the information that was reviewed with our benefits committee um, a week or so ago. And then we have a, a couple of these things that we'll be asking for your approval tonight. So. Southwick and the Board of Education. Um, my presentation doesn't have 3D agendas, <laughs> although I, that was pretty cool what they did. Um, really what I wanted to do tonight, uh, CBiz, as we are your benefits consultant, and, and there's not just one or two of us, there's about 14 people that touch the district, uh, not only um, uh, weekly, monthly, uh, annually. We have a lot of people that work in, in our, in our into the district with, with doing what we can to serve you. Um, I am here tonight uh, actually subbing for a couple of people who actually did the renewal. And uh, so we all do windows, right? So that's what we're talking about tonight. But what I wanted to get a a accomplished was really three things. One is that the Shawnee Mission School District's uh, benefit program is extremely comprehensive. I mean, you provide a great benefit uh, 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 structure for your employees. Um, you also have, last year we, 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 did, we put in a one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one, uh, benefit counselors, which was well received. Uh, we're going to do that again this year. And then just recently, as you know, we've helped uh, over the last couple of years to put in the, the on-site clinic and the, and the wellness center. So we were really excited about all the things that we were doing for, for the, the district. Um, but for January 1st of 18, it seems like we just did 17 not too long ago, but uh, Dr. Southwick, but we've been working for the last two or three months on this. As you mentioned, we did have a meeting on, on September 13th with the Benefits Committee and went through five, six pages of, of data with regards to your renewal for your, your employee assistance program, uh, which is through New Directions. And that is going to be renewed and uh, renews again January 1st of 19. Uh, your board paid your, 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 your voluntary life insurance program that's offered it's through the standard. That's, that's uh, in a rate guarantee through 1 of 19. Uh, Short-term disabilities with Sun Life, uh, it's in a rate guarantee through 1, 1 of uh, 211 of 20, and uh, you have a vision program with VSP, which is voluntary and board board offered. Uh, your dental program is with Delta Dental of Kansas, and again, that is a uh, uh, couple of programs that are uh, allowed that the the employees can can buy one or two programs from them, and then the board uh, paid medical, which has five different programs. We added two. Two different programs last year with their the uh, uh, different uh, narrow they call it their enhancement network at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, the renewal actions were, were were very good. I think you've received those in in your packets. Um, again, the communication process when we met with the the benefits committee, um, I, I, it was all positive. I, I did see one here, right? And, and we've, it was pretty much thumbs up on, on everything that we've provided and what they want to get accomplished for the next year. And again, I know benefits is just a small part of that. Compensation, et cetera, is, is, is big too. But um, your benefit program here at the district is, is, is really, really good. And we're very, very proud to be a part of that. Um, and again, I, 
benefits are important, but it, but if they're not communicated, then they're really not benefits, right? Uh, and so what we last year we brought in a company called Benefits Direct, and we and they're sitting down with their their uh, benefit counselors, and on a one-on-one -on -one basis with every employee at the district that wishes to sit down, and uh, we've heard nothing but great great news from that uh, because they they could sit down and, and decide, hey. Is a, is a health savings account right for my family? Do I want to do I want to get additional life insurance, et cetera, et cetera? So it's a, it's a great process. Uh, we're really really uh, excited about that. Again, uh, they put together a nice booklet last year. Uh, it's on your, your your district's website. It's it's a real good deal. Um, last but not least, the the clinic. We're so we're so excited about that. I mean, that's it's state of the art. I mean, I see all these. This things that you're doing at the district, uh, but not too many school districts uh, nationwide have an on-site clinic, and uh, it is outstanding. Uh, we've got not only on-site uh, clinic, but you've got a doctor-led clinic. Uh, a lot of them are done with uh, 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 nurses or, or nurse practitioners. This is very, very important, and, and that whole process took two years probably and uh, so there's, there's other, another team Aaron Eason and Caitlin Kerr works with the district on that but we're very very pleased with that we're also very pleased with how that goes into the Wellness Center the Wellness Center is very very important uh, we're only as good as, as we are healthy and uh, I think that's very important so uh, that was short sweet um, but but again another good year of uh, benefits, another good year of communication, and uh, really, really pleased about the clinic and the uh, wellness center. So, I would remind the board that that the medical benefit that we provide, um, as we find across the country and across the region, we did get an increase this year. It was around seven percent. The board's already voted to provide that for the teachers. That works out to be about. I say about, it's $48.12 a month extra. Um, the board approved $49 a month. Um, because even unless you take the health savings plan, there's a little bit of money that comes out of your pocket. So we rounded to 49. Um, that was approved uh, when we finished the negotiation with the teachers. And you'll hear later on tonight that that same benefit we're recommending for all of our staff members. So. There was an increase. You all have been generous enough uh, to cover that for our teachers, and I'm making strong recommendation you consider that for the rest of our employees as well. So, all right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I'm up this time. Uh, it's my uh, pleasure to invite uh, Dr. Dietrich to the podium to give us a report. She represents Ray and Associates and she can give us an, kind of an interim report as to where we are in the process of searching for a superintendent. And I remind the board we have several issues to talk about later in the, in the meeting uh, so that uh, we can give them guidance going forward. Brenda. Well, thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. We have had a very robust day with conversations with our focus groups. 
Um, it's been very enjoyable. And the one thing that I just wanted to remind the board that we're doing when we meet with these stakeholder groups is to try and find common themes and trends of information that we can bring back to the board that I'll report out to you on the 30th. So we've got our surveys, and that's the other thing that we are focusing on with our groups that we see today, tomorrow, and Thursday. We're reminding them that they have the opportunity to give you feedback with the online surveys. And uh, so I think we're going to get, hopefully, um, a, a vigorous response. Uh, and also reminding folks they can go to the, the homepage of the school district to find the links, that if there are uh, languages in the home other than English, that we have those available for them as well. So we are a third of the way through our focus group meetings. We have a very long day tomorrow because we'll have three high school area meetings tomorrow evening. And then we'll come back on Thursday and meet with several other groups and have two open community meetings at two high schools. So then uh, we will have one more opportunity to be back in the district and we'll meet with the SMAC PTA folks on October 16th. And then the online survey will close on October 22nd and then we'll begin compiling all of the data uh, that has come our way. So we're getting a good response uh, from our focus groups, from comments, uh, people giving us um, really good input that we'll be able to share with the board as we go. Uh, I haven't had any um, questions about the timeline that, are that people find it to be problematic or concerning. Folks seem to, seem to be uh, pleased that we have a schedule. It's hopefully posted on the district's website. I haven't actually looked for that. I looked for the survey. So all is going well. Do you have any questions for me? Any questions from the board? I think so. Well, we'll uh, later on in the agenda ask you to approve the timeline so it's no longer a draft. It will be a, an approved timeline. And your advertising um, um, venues to advertise the vacancy, which we will begin doing on November 1st until December 15th. So you have a 45-day application window. So I'll see you later in the agenda. All Thank right. you. Thank you. All right, item D. I'm just wondering, anybody sign up? Okay. So we'll go to item E. Uh, one, approval of the regular meeting minutes from August 24th. Move approval. This is Bisfield. Second by Mrs. Zila. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Adopted 6 0. And for the special meeting. So moved. Second. Mrs. Mack and Mrs. Goodburn. Mm -hmm. Discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Adopted, 6-0. Adoption of the agenda. Move to adopt. Mr. Stratton. Second. Second. Mrs. Mack. Okay. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Adopted 6-0. Now we come to routine business by consent. Now there is opportunity for any board member to remove any item from the consent agenda for further discussion. So is there any item anyone wishes to withdraw? Seeing none, is there a motion to approve? I would move approval of routine business by consent. Mrs. Zila. Second. Second, Mrs. Bisfield. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. 
So that's been done six zero. Always takes me a minute to figure out where I'm going. So we are now down to M1. Have I gotten to the right spot? Yep. Which is uh, approval to purchase the Discovery Education Science textbook six-year subscription for grades three six. That's part of the presentation we received earlier this evening, is it? Yes, it was. It was the presentation of Dr. Aaron Smith and also staff. Um, so the interim superintendent would recommend the approval of the purchase of Discovery Education Science textbooks, six-year subscription for grades three through six. The total cost of this sign resource would be $309,888. And I would remind the board and, and also um, those in the audience and those that might be listening that we have tried to look at any purchases that would be over a quarter of a million dollars. That's a pretty big number. But we tried to bring those for action since this number um, falls above that. Uh, that's why we've had the presentation tonight. We ask you for approval. Stratton. A, a quick comment for those that don't get to see the detail on this. Uh, when we hear the number $309,000, sounds like a big number, but it actually comes out to $48 a student. So um, sometimes I think that helps conceptually when we have 6,400 6, students that would participate in this program. Is there a motion? I move for approval. Second. Mrs. Zila, second by Mrs. Goodburn. Further discussion? I do have a question. We, we also had a presentation from National Geographic. Is that coming to us later? It's a part of this. Is it a part of this? Yeah. Okay. So this actually covers K through. Actually, that was in consent. That was a 27,000. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I missed that. I think. So it's on the, it's on the we've, we've passed yeah. it. Okay. I'm with you now. Where did I get lost? Uh, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Six, zero. Okay, N1, Dr. Southwick. Yeah, so you? we have tonight for consideration and hopefully approval of all of our SRO contracts that we have across the district. As you know, we have agreements uh, that provide support to us throughout the district from the various cities. We have um, the honor and the luxury of uh, working with 14 different communities, and several of those are major players for us as the work to keep our students safe. So John Douglas has worked over this process. Um, earlier this summer, um, all of the representatives from the different entities came in, and they spoke and agreed upon what the program should be. There hadn't been raises. <coughs> over the last several years and they were agreed to look at some programming that would allow those officers to get a little bit of a raise. The hourly rate is uh, $26 now and 83 cents. So, uh, but we bring to you tonight uh, a recommendation from, uh, to look at the school resource um, contracts from the city of Prairie Village, the city of Shawnee, the city of Lenexa, Johnson County Sheriff's Department, and the city of Overland Park to provide one full-time officer at each high school and middle school for 2017-18. The total of that would not to exceed $330,750. There is a caveat to that, that if based upon rental need that we might have, if, if we needed additional dollars 
we might come back to you for an amendment to the budget in the spring, but we'll monitor that closely and I'll keep the board informed. Okay. I move approval. Mrs. Bisfield. I'll second that. Mr. Stratton. <coughs> Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same side. Adopted 6-0. Oh, let's see. Where am I? Lost again. N2. <coughs> N2. Approval of memorandum between Shawnee Mission District and Growing Futures. Dr. Southwick. So Dr. Neal has worked very closely uh, with our partners at Growing Futures to present tonight uh, the recommendation uh, for the memorandum of agreements between the Shawnee Mission School District and Growing Futures Early Education Center. This contract, um, as you probably remember, is something we renew every year and this will be good uh, for the year commencing of July 1, 2017. We're actually um, a few months into that, but this will cover us till the end of the year. And I will be completely honest, um, deferring any questions that you might have to Dr. Neal. Move approval. Second. Mrs. Mack, seconded by Mrs. Zila. I, I would comment for those who are old like me in the audience, this used to be called Shawnee Mission Head Start. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, move to second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Both same sign. Adopted 6-0. Human Resources, Dr. Southwick, <coughs> 01. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, a couple of agreements that we have come to with negotiated groups, the first of which would be our parent educators. Um, as you remember, the teachers were offered a 4% increase on their base and every step of the schedule all the way down to uh, the end of their schedule. And um, along with that, an opportunity to move for a step. So the 4% would be a minimum that anybody would receive, but if they were granted a step, they had additional dollars that they would receive. So we're recommending the same 4% um, as Dr. Sig sat down and negotiated with uh, parents as teachers. They agreed to the same 4%. They also agreed to the health benefit being covered at the $49 extra per month because of the nature of the work that um, our parent educators are involved in, and also um, an app that, that Mr. Douglas brought to us um, earlier last year, an opportunity um, to be able to be tracked if they were out and about in the community. So they also agreed to a cell phone allowance for those few staff members, but we felt like that that was very appropriate. The last thing was, and I, I don't know all of the ins and outs of this, but the, the opportunity for our parents as teachers to take leave has been very convoluted for a lot of years. Um, one of the persons that works in payroll for about 19 years said that she struggled with it every year. So Dr. Sig was able to come down with those employees and make some changes to the leave procedures, actual language changes, that made that easier. Um, she gave me the example today that for people to take off and to be able to get the hours that they needed in some of the days that were blackout days, it might have required them to work X number of hours on a Sunday or X number of hours late on a Friday. And we just, we thought we could get that cleaned up. And so the agreement um, includes that additional language. 
So um, 4% health benefits, cell phone allowance, and the change in the leave percent per, uh, language. All right. Move approval. Second. Mrs. Goodburn, seconded by Mrs. Bisfield. Further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Adopted 6-0. Thank you. O2. Another group that we have are our school psychologists that we negotiate with. Um, again, Dr. Sig conducted those um, negotiations. And I have to mention that she said that both of these groups were very amenable through the process. They primarily wait to see what Linda and her group negotiate, and then they try to move forward with something very similar to that, and that's been the district's um, process and procedure. So for the psychologist, the, um, the agreement would indicate a 4% um, at the base and every step across the psychologist. So everyone would be entitled to a minimum of 4%, but if they get a step, they're going to get 4% plus the step. Mm -hmm. So we've tried to avoid trying to figure out what those percentages are because they change at every single step. So 4% plus the step, that makes the increase much greater than the 4%. Also, the health benefits would be offered at the $49 extra a month to hold them harmless on their increase. And they had no changes in any, in any of their language. So those were the, the two components. Move approval. Second. Mrs. Mack moved and Mrs. Zelot seconded. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Six zero. Oh three. Approval of classified salary schedules. So that leaves a lot of employees that we have left. Um, are very important classified. This would be all of your secretaries, your parents, your age, your cooks, your custodian, your maintenance workers. We have a lot of schedules that are out there as we provide. Um, salary and benefits for those people. I would remind you that you do not negotiate with this group, um, but we try to treat them as fairly as we possibly can. We have some concerns about being able to fill some of those classified positions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give an example. We've got, I think, a, an electrician and a plumber's position that's been posted in HV, HVAC position for a couple of years now, not being able to, um, in a in a full economy, be able to provide people to, to provide that service, but also, very importantly, our paras and our aides in our classrooms. So um, after a lot of discussion, this is what we would recommend to you tonight, that each one of our classified employees would be entitled to 4% added to the step that they're on, so everybody gets a 4% increase, but they're entitled to a step movement as well. So again, that would put that raise over 4%. I'd also recommend that you pay the $49 a month additional cost, which would be very much needed for um, these staff members to be able to continue their health insurance. The last piece of that is, is that we're going to monitor these adjustments, and we will most likely come back to you um, in the spring. And if we continue to have hard-to-fill positions, much like we did with substitutes a year or so ago, we'll ask that you uh, consider a mid-year adjustment for those people that will let us work to continue to fill those positions. That'll let us pinpoint, look at the market, see what the adjustment is to the 4% in terms of us being able to hire and maintain people. 
and then really guide and direct your dollars to adjust those salaries that uh, are the hardest to fill. Mm -hmm. So that would be our recommendation tonight. All right. Is there a motion? So moved. Second. Moved by Mrs. Goodburn and second by Mr. Stratton. Any further discussion? I just have one comment to make. And Dr. Southwick, I want to thank you kind of across the board. We've had a lot of different salaried um, employees of ours. And the fairness, I think, that you're trying to spread across the board is evident very much so. And I appreciate you coming back in the springtime and kind of reassessing where we're at with our classified uh, salary structure because I know we want to be competitive. We want to be able to fill those positions. And um, it's something that we keep very close tabs on so that we can hopefully remain in the game with everybody else around us for those people with those skills. So thank you. I appreciate that. And I have to give a lot of credit to Dr. Rather, to Ross and all of his staff because when we have a concept of something that we'd like to do, they're responsible to run the numbers to make sure that we can do it. So I have to thank them as well. You know, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Um, we know that Amazon now is in the region. And we know that there are staff members across this region that are leaving jobs every day to go to work for Amazon at a $7 an hour raise plus benefits. So we have to be very vigilant. Um, our uh, classified people are an extremely important part of the business that we do every day in the Shawnee Mission School District, take care of kids, and we've got to maintain competitive. Um, you can't blame any of these people for moving to a job that makes that kind of a salary adjustment. So um, I guess it's a blessing or a curse that we might not have another plant here very close to us. Um, and when they call for 50,000 jobs, my sense is all aren't, those won't be new jobs to the area. Uh, so again, taking care of our people um, is extremely important as we move forward. Okay, is there a motion? It's ordered. Uh, it's ordered. Ordered. Oh, I do. Okay. We've had discussion. <laughs> There's a motion. All right. Any I'm further discussion? All right. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Same sign. Adopted 6-0. And now 04. Administrative salaries. So I want to move to administrative salaries, and this generally is the focus. Um, this is a little bit different. I want to explain to the board and also the people in the audience a little bit about what we've tried to do for administrators. First, I want to say uh, they work as hard as anybody that we have in the district. Um, we're not going to pinpoint certain people and say they work harder than others. And as we move forward in our salaries, my philosophy is we need to be fair for our administrators as well. I'm going to recommend to you tonight uh, a range of increases to our administrator's salary structure in two and a half to three percent. Now when I say that, administrators don't have steps. So we will take the salary that they made last year and we will take that times 1.025 to come up with their uh, new amount for this year or 1.03. That's significant of a two and a half or a three percent. Um, it is less than what we've offered our um, other employee groups but it's a bigger number. Um, what we've tried to do is look at a for, fair number for the daily rate of pay for the adjustment, looked at the dollar amounts that it would put in the pocket of our administrators and tried to be fair. 
many cases, the administrators won't receive as much as a teacher that's in the middle of the schedule that maybe would um, get their base raise and move down a step. But you know, that's okay, um, because I think we paid our administrators very fairly. So again, I want to clarify, it's two and a half to 3% range. The majority of our people will get 3% added to their salary that they made last year, but they have no step. So uh, that is a true 3% or 2.5% they'll receive. Um, I was asked a question to, to clarify, and I want to try to do that. Are there any employees that we have out there as the administrative group that would make more on that? First of all, um, if any of our administrators received a doctorate, they're entitled to $1,500 extra on their salary for uh, achieving that that goal, and um, so any of our administrators that got a doctorate last year, that would be added to their 3%, not included in their 3%. In addition to that, we had one employee, a Shawnee Mission Northwest um, Athletic Director. I think most of you know Mr., I'm gonna try to say this, Gia Coloni, I think that's right. Uh, maybe it's Angelo. Angelo. Oh, Jacqueline. Yeah, Jacqueline. I knew I'd say, say it wrong. We made an adjustment to his salary schedule that was more than the 3% because as we look to review and to be fair to him, we've hired in athletic directors and have paid them additional monies higher than him who have less service and who had been with the district a lesser amount of time. So we felt like we would make that one-time adjustment to bring him up with the other athletic directors that serve the other schools. Um, Two and a half and three percent. That's what will be there. Now the contracts were are not issued. I didn't. I wasn't going to be presumptive and put together a contract that we send out to administrators until you've given me the approval. But we will work over the next several weeks to send that adjustment or addendum to the administrators. Again, you hired <coughs> them. You did their contract in last year. Uh, mine was done in December. Everybody else was in January and February. This is just an addendum to the amount, plus the medical. You're going to pay the medical benefit. The medical benefit was available to our administrators, then they have an opportunity to take that benefit. So um, that's where I'm at. Okay. I move approval. Second. Okay. Mrs. Bisfield and Mrs. Hila. Further discussion? Just a couple quick clarifications. Thank you for the explanation. Um, we're dealing with cash only, so this is a cash uh, That's increase. Correct. We're not talking about any benefits on top of that, because nope. that will vary depending on what they select. That's correct. Um, and and second, I want to make more the public statement that uh, you're hired on, on, on several hats that you wear, but I want to make sure it's been publicly known that we've already compensated you for your role as the interim superintendent, so you're not involved in this, this increase as well. I didn't mention that, but that's true. I, I would be the administrator that would not receive a raise as a part of this compensation package. Thank you. Okay. So moved and seconded. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Adopted 6-0. Now we get to P1 which is approving the Aquatic Center. Uh, 
construction contracts. Dr. Southwick. So the construction contracts, a little bit about the process tonight. You're going to be able you're going to be asked to approve a total amount of twenty seven million eight sixteen eight fifty. I clarify that there was a little over four million, almost four and a half million of that was a value added on the parking garage that we've agreed with the city of Lenexa to enter into an agreement to purchase that. We will actually approve the amount. They will reimburse us for those dollars. We own the garage, so we have to we have to pay the money. They will, as a long way as we build, they'll pay us for that portion of it. That leaves the aquatic center at about $23 million. They're all tied up into this number, and we would ask you for approval of. One last thing I would say. This is, and I apologize for this, this is a construction manager agency job. Um, Bob Robinson will manage all of the contracts for the individual subs. Um, and uh, we have some contingency built into this so we don't have to, to run to you doing a change order every time we have a little bit of an adjustment that needs to be made. I think we settled at 3%, Bob, is that right? And um, that will allow us to manage these projects along the way. Reminder, if we don't spend that contingency money, it goes back into the construction fund, which will let us do other projects. Okay. So moved. By Mrs. Mack. Second. By Mrs. Zila. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Six zero. Look forward to groundbreaking. Now, in no, P2. That the property conveyance agreement? It is, and I remember um, I mentioned earlier you already have an MOU and we also have an agreement. This is an addendum. This addendum actually outlines um, the, the issue with the parking garage. Um, from the very beginning, we've had Mr. Logan, uh, who has worked very closely with the city of Lenexa on the library issue and other issues for us that helped to put together the MOU agreement, the conveyance issue, and now the addendum. So he's had a conversation over the last, well, well since December of 15, probably November of 15, with Cindy Harmison, uh, city of Lenexa's attorney. So we've got a pretty airtight agreement and uh, feel it serves both of us as we move forward. Good. I would move approval. Second. This is Zila. And Mrs. Goodburn. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Okay, adopted 6 0. All right, now we come to our Board of Education action items. Um, we have, uh, I think when we met September, was it 6th? We had a draft of a timeline that was presented to us. We've Massage that a little bit, so now we have sort of our final draft timeline, and it's been presented to the board, I think. Mm -hmm. Can you put it up, Terry? Which just sort of gives us sort of the scheme or the time as to how things will happen in our search. Do you have comments, uh, Dr. Dietrich? Well, I, I, I would just echo what I said earlier. As we presented this to our um, stakeholder groups today, there hasn't been uh, any concern about the, um, the, the 
the way that it flows, and it's, it's seeming to make sense to folks that the board will begin the process of interviewing and selecting the folks to interview um, after your board elections, and so with uh, the new board being seated on January 8th. So I think, I think as things go f and move forward that it's a, a realistic uh, timeline, and you know, we are right on target. We, we haven't missed a step, so I think I think you'll be very pleased by the time we get down to February. And, and most of the groups understand that it's to be determined once we get into February what that might look like just because um, there may be some additional input from other folks that, sure. that we need to weigh. But um, I think this is a very realistic timeline. Um, I think that you'll be able to have a quality pool of candidates and be able to do your interviews, you know, barring any weather issues. Yeah, you know, we haven't included weather, snow days. Weather, no snow days, yes. Uh, but we do have some wiggle room there in January, February. So I think it's a good timeline, and um, I, I appreciate the work that you did on it yourself, Dr. Denning. Okay. So this is something we should approve. So is there a motion? Move approval. Mrs. Second. Goodburn by uh, Mrs. Bisfield. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Adopted 6-0. So it's no longer a draft. I guess you can take the red word off of there. Thank you. And will you post this on your main page of your website or some link to? Sure. sure. Thank you. I say that. Ms. Wintering, can you do that? <laughs> somebody out, somebody out there can. <laughs> It'll happen. Okay. okay. It's not me. And now we move to the, uh, the uh, advertising plan, which uh, I think we also have, yeah, we have that. So would you like to speak a little bit to this? Sure. Because we've had some conversation about where our, where we get our biggest bang for our buck. Yes. We did quite a bit of research after um, our last board meeting when we wanted to know a little bit more about what uh, the power posts look like on AASA. And I think we're, we, we know what that's like now. You're going to be getting some additional um, advertising on veterans, diversity, and social sites through AASA. But the Education Week newspaper and website piece is the one that um, we, I talked directly to the Education Week sales rep mm -hmm. for um, our area. And so the $395 base fee there to advertise for 30 days on their website is included in the contract. That's no additional dollars to the district. But for 1090 you can showcase the district's ad for one week and one day. And I gave you all an example of what that might look like and where that shows up on their daily newsletter. And that truly is, I think, a, a wise uh, use of your advertising dollars to advertise this position because you'll get much more um, exposure for at, at least one week every day on anybody who subscribes to Education Week on the daily newsletter, and that's a good thing. And then uh, as you go down, you'll see we talked about the National Alliance of Black School Educators. That's a very reasonable price, $250 to post that for 30 days online. And your Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents, 150 uh, to run for six weeks. And then um, the School Leadership 2.0, that really is a job posting site for administrators. So I think for $95, it's well worth it to touch one more base to make sure that the job vacancy is reaching the, the widest uh, group possible. And then as you go down, you'll see that many of the, the rest are free listings um, that we will also tap into. We'll just need the district's help on KASB, USA, and CASBO. And then you didn't um, select any other options for advertising. So I think we've cast a very wide net to be able nationwide 
to make sure that the world is well aware, and I do say world because we have a lot, we often have international candidates as well, is, is uh, knowledgeable of your vacancy. It's a, I think I added this up and it's about an additional $2,094. Okay. I would move approval. Second. Second. Okay. okay. Uh, Mrs. Zeli heard and I heard Mrs. Mack. Good. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Okay, that's adopted. So you can run with that. Thank you. Now, the last thing we have to provide you is uh, a minimum salary for the new superintendent. And we began this discussion at our meeting earlier in September, and you gave us our little orange cheat sheet. Um, <laughs> I remember discussions on the order of 250000 but I think I also remember some uh, concern or dissent, so I'll open it for board discussion. Um, I remember using the language in the range, range of, of $250,000. In the range of mm -hmm. is translated to not less than? Usually that's how that's interpreted by the candidates. It just gives them a feel for what their window of a compensation might look like. Just again, I'll, I'll use your term, uh, uh, Vice President Stratton, when you said um, that that's cash. That's not benefits. That's just salary. I had shared in our previous conversation uh, an interest in making sure that we don't put the minimum too high and therefore we have less room to negotiate with a candidate that's selected. I also understand the catch-22 behind that is yeah. when you advertise a position <clears throat> and you give a number that's at the low end of a range or a lower end, that may or may not be incentive for a candidate to apply if they're currently at a position mm -hmm. that's higher than that. I'll still contend that my first point overtakes my second point, um, and that I'm really concerned that we lose the ability to negotiate with a candidate if the number's too high. The spreadsheet that we've been provided with the various districts um, shows that most folks are in that general ballpark. I see that uh, someone at Blue Valley started at 230 and has been ramped up close to 250 since then. Um, I guess I contend that I would still be more comfortable with a 235 minimum with language that would say, of course, open to negotiation. Or you could say, if you wanted to land on 235, if I might suggest, you might say, um, uh, with additional dollars based on experience, education level, you know, those kinds of terms that we use when we look at qualities that you're looking for in your next superintendent, years of experience, those kinds of things. I'm fine with that language as well. I think when we discussed at our September meeting, early September meeting, though, that the last time we did this, it said in the yes. range of two hundred fifty thousand. I would hate to go back backwards. Yes, that's correct. I, I would agree with you, mm -hmm. sir. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I agree, and it's currently in line with those other districts sure. around us. So, um, I think that is the caliber of talent that we want to attract for this job. And we don't want the salary to be a hindrance for them to even consider us. But again, I mean, and, and recall last time we said in the range of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it that was in not the, the cash. Mm -hmm. It was it was below that. So, 
Mm -hmm. I understand where, why you might think it's a minimum, but it not all, that was not our experience, and it's not always the case. I think in the range of leaves it maybe blurred enough, possibly, mm -hmm. to uh, um, still attract mm -hmm. and still negotiable. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. Others? Donna? Well, I, I think we did the last time with that amount, <coughs> and it doesn't seem like we should now be backing down. I concur. I would move approval of naming that salary in the range of $250,000. Second. Okay. Moved and seconded. Further discussion? Okay. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Okay. Adopted 5-1. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brenda. Stay on your toes. You're going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We now are ready for a, the board financial report. Is that right? So we let Russ not be here tonight. Dr. Atha is here. We have a standard report. We're only into August and September. But uh, Dr. Atha stands for any questions you might have, and he may have a comment or two as well. So, well, This is your monthly financial report through August 31. Uh, that reflects two months, July and August of our 2017-18 budget. There are no uh, anomalies in this report. It's pretty straightforward. Um, the raises that you approved this evening for the uh, various pay groups are not obviously not reflected in this budget, but the budget will be amended accordingly. With that said, if you have any questions, I'd be glad to try to answer them. But this is a report you get each and every month. We're used to seeing it. Yes. Any questions for Dr. Atha? Thank you, sir. Which now brings us to board comments. I think. Yeah. I have a comment, Dr. Davis. This is Eli. Um, the board has begun their school visits again, and uh, this week, last week, last week, last week, and we're we are in the midst of elementary schools right now, and I must say it's great fun to be in the schools, to see the, the pre-K classrooms. We did make it there, um, kindergarten and all the way on up. We had some charming sixth grade um, guides today as well as the principals that usually take us around. So it's a joy to be back there and to see great learning going on in those classrooms. Mrs. Mack? Um, during our workshop presentation, which was really great, a lot of great information from everybody that presented, um, it, it was acknowledged that there's not consistency across our district, um, high schools, on providing financial assistance to students, where, whether they're AP classes, test-taking, um, concurrent credit classes, for those students that, that need financial assistance. This has been... Um, this is a personal passion of mine that I have shared with other board members that 
in my opinion, I think that it is an absolute shame that there are, we have students in our district who are taking classes that they could be getting college credit for that they cannot afford, and therefore they don't get the college credit. Um, I was always taught that education can never be taken away from you. Lots of things can be taken away from you, but the education that you receive cannot. So I would like to see, given the information that we had tonight, I would really like to see the district start a dialogue at some point in time on how to get consistency across the district so that all means all across all, I'm going to say all six of our, our secondary buildings. Good comment. Others? Yes. There. Uh, a couple things. First of all, I don't want it to go unnoticed that uh, we've had some students sit it out through the entire meeting over two hours in the back. And so I at least have to ask what schools you're from and uh, you can tell us why you're here. I know it's uh, an engaging process, but I thought we'd, I thought we'd at least recognize you. So we are North and we're here for our AP government class. Great. Welcome. Thanks for being here and for sticking it out. Um, my role on the board is to be the liaison to the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation, so I wanted to give a quick update as well. We already talked about the October 10th being a, a very important date, and uh, I sat in on the last board meeting, and they did a, a great job of brainstorming on to continue to grow that. I was on that board 10-plus years ago, and I remember when we would talk about how maybe someday we'll be able to take the whole convention center, because <laughs> we had a little partition up. Today, we, we fill that entire building, and it's a testimony to the work of the foundation. So thank you to them. I also want to speak on behalf of that foundation board because it's an incredible group of patrons from our community who participate um, to not only raise money, but to continue to raise awareness for our school district. And, and they do a great job, so it's been nice to sit in on watching, watching that group uh, share their expertise with the district. Uh, I want to thank our, our board members for walking through the board manual process that we did, and we completed that, and it was very helpful. And I think not only for us to improve our governance, but also when we hand off some of the seats, not only to the most recent board, the next board, and to future boards, that'll be great to have that too. I shared with my board peers this week an idea for a next step in governance, and that is um, the creation of board advisory committees. Um, as we've engaged with SMAF and as we've engaged with other groups, uh, we have 140,000 patrons in this district. I think we're missing the opportunity to engage them. I'd like to reintroduce the idea of board advisory committees to our district. We did away with them back in 2004 in advisory capacity. And I'd like to expand and formalize the input again on how we can bring the input and expertise of this community back to this uh, board. Secondly, our role is governance, and we have a checks and balances obligation, and as we bring a new superintendent on, I believe that it would be really helpful to have this form of additional governance and input in place so that we have the ability to introduce this new superintendent to the structure we've already spent time putting in place to have true checks and balances, our governance, community input, together with a new administrator. I think that would make a great uh, triumphant, and so I propose that. I turn to my board peers for a future conversation, but I've provided them with the, uh, the board advisory committee idea, and we can chew on it at a later date. Okay. Other comments? I have one that I thought was really interesting. I have a colleague who's a ham radio operator, 
and he also leads a bunch of scouts. And so he went up to the scouting 500 this last weekend, set up his ham rig, and made it possible for a group of scouts to speak directly to an Italian astronaut flying in the International Space Station. I find that just incredible. <laughs> you know, ET phone home. I, but, and so I think, you know, we have education and STEM and all these kinds of things going on all around us. It's not just in our schools, it's everywhere. And I'm really pleased to see it. So hats off to the scouts. Seeing no further business, we are adjourned.